Welcome to the Rider Up Podcast, presented by Visit Virginia's Blue Ridge, America's East Coast mountain biking capital. Coming up on episode four of the Rider Up Podcast, presented by Visit Virginia's Blue Ridge. Uh, Kerry did the gravel, and it is a grueling how many miles? 250. 250 gravel miles, and you completed it in? 18 and a half hours. 18 and a half hours, which got him the fastest known time. Roanoke-based pro cyclist Kerry Warner talks about life as a pro rider. <laughs> it's, a, it's a puzzle. It's you know you it's a good race when, when guys are coming across the line like swearing and cutting. <laughs> that was a goddamn mountain bike race. That was a gravel race. Uh-huh. And we all wonder a little bit about the status of gravel riding. I don't think that the gravel bike knows what it wants to be. I yet. don't either. <laughs> That's exactly right. Welcome to the Rider Up Podcast, where we talk about how much we love bicycles. Dan's a crazy downhiller, and John will be walking with a cane in a few years. But nobody loves cycling more than these two. Coming to you from Virginia's Blue Ridge, let's meet the hosts, Dan Lucas and John Carlin. Welcome to the Rider Up podcast where we talk about everything bicycling. I'm John Carlin here with co-host Dan Lucas. Dan, how you doing? I'm fantastic this morning. How about yourself? Great. The sun is finally out. Sun is out. Yeah. It, is, uh, it was a crisp morning and it's going to warm up today. Low humidity. It's a perfect day to get out and ride. I wish I, wish I could do that. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could too. Um, so uh, let, we're going to have Carrie Warner on the show today. Yep. Pro cyclist. YouTube producer extraordinaire. He does a little bit of everything, and he's he really good at most of the things he does. Like, yeah. really, really good. So I'm excited to talk to him. I want to ask him how, in this recent gravel race he did, he was able to maintain 300 and plus watts going up a mountain for half an hour. Yeah, I mean, it looked like, uh, what did he finish this thing in? It was like... Uh, 18 hours? I, I don't it know what like. it was. It was crazy. It was, it was crazy. We'll get into right? it, and it's really exciting. It's going to be a cool podcast. Dan's tool of the week. What do you got, Dan? What, what is your favorite tool? All right, so this is one of my favorite hand tools that I use the most often in the shop. And uh, if you're, you know, do any of your own work, you're going to know what a three-way is. The three-way is typically going to be just composed of three Allen keys. Um, it would be something like a four, five, and a six. Like, you'll, you'll see the typical Y wrench shape. Right. I have one of those. Yeah. But not as nice as the one you're holding. Great. So what I have is a Fix-It Sticks Pro. And the reason I like it is it's a T shape instead of the Y shape. It's a little bit easier. You can really hang on to it if you're needing to crank something. But the best part about it, it's stainless steel, has a little uh, a little spinny guy. You can hold on to it and spin it. And then all the bits are interchangeable. So what's good about this is sometimes a four, five, or six is not what you need, but you still want that uh, you purchase on the tool, you want to be able to get to the spot that this is the perfect thing for, and it just happens to be able to quickly grab tools. I don't have to get back to my bench a bunch. So no, this, well, let me, let me ask you something. So is yeah. that a bicycle-specific It is. Um, so Fix-It Sticks, I actually know the guy, or I used to know the guy um, that, that started this company, and he created it specifically for bikes, and they make a lot of different ones. So they make them that come apart and they stow very small for a multi-tool if you're out. Uh-huh. Um, this happens to be like the shop version to like a you know, professional mechanic would use. Yeah. 
and it's great. Uh, high quality. I've it has. I've hit it with hammers. You can see marks on the top. Um, oh. I have you know put a lot of pressure uh, wrenching on this thing, and it has always done the job. The bits will fail before the tool has failed, and it's great. So if you need to put a T25 bit in there, you can. If you need a Phillips bit, you can kind of do everything. And I love it uh, for you know if I'm out doing mechanic work at a race or something. This is something that I have pretty much all the time. I always try to keep with me. Okay, so what's that thing cost? Um, this guy, it's not that expensive, honestly. It's probably about 30 bucks to $35. Yeah. You can typically choose the three bits that come with it. It's at fixitsticks.com, I believe is the website. Okay. If you type in Fix It Sticks, you're going to find it. And uh, great company. Um, they have a lot of cool products, and this is probably their best, my favorite. I will uh, I will take it with me to the grave. Wow, it's a really cool looking. It's great. great a big, big improvement over the, uh, the standard the Y standard Y thing that I have, and the fact that you can change out which size Allen key you've yep. got in there. And so I was suggesting this today. If you're looking for a tool that you need to do a lot of things with, this is one of those tools that's a little bit of a Swiss Army knife. You can put whatever bit you need in there. You can get to most things you're going to need to. Um, it doesn't have the ball end, uh, or you might be able to buy those, but um, what I recommend is purchase this tool, and then there's a company called Weira, W-E-R-A, and they make some of the finest uh, bits to put in things, and I recommend putting your Weira bits in there, and it is a, a top-notch, uh, top-shelf pro-level tool that you can get for relatively inexpensively, and uh, it's, it's, it's awesome. I can't say enough good things about it. Now, you coach a kids mountain bike downhill team. Yeah. And I don't I have never watched other than like on YouTube top pros doing downhill. So for people who are listening, what what is a typical downhill that these kids are doing? How old are these kids and, and how how good are they? We have a uh, we have a really great team. It's called RVD Gravity, and it stands for Roanoke Valley Development Gravity Team. And uh, the cool thing, we've been able to tag onto Rainy Valley Devo, which is a, a standard cross-country team, like general mountain biking team. And uh, they've been gracious enough to let us be part of, like, start our second, our branch underneath them. In the gravity team, we focus on downhill and enduro riding. That is, if you look that up, it is kind of aggressive riding. You usually ride a chairlift or a shuttle to the top of the mountain, right. and then you go down as fast as you can. Um, the terrain is typically very difficult. Uh, drops, jumps, you know, rocks, boulders, everything. So these kids range in age from 10 is our youngest, and he got kind of grandfathered in to our oldest, I believe, is 16 years old right now. Okay. Um, we go up to we can go up to 18. And these kids race specifically in the Downhill Southeast race series. So who do they race against? They race against everybody in their age range. So, so other other teams like theirs in other cities yeah, around Roanoke? Yeah, there's a lot of just what we call privateers when you're by solo, by yourself. Uh -huh. And then there's a few big teams. Um, so we're one of the bigger teams along with uh, one called Gravity Academy. 
And what is great about this is these kids, when they ride together, they learn. So some of our faster kids um, will go first and there'll be other riders behind them and they get to learn that line choice, um, you know, picking where you're going on the trail bed, uh, speed to carry into corners, things like that. And all of these uh, seem like, yeah, that might, that should be fairly yeah. easy, yeah. but it's not. It's, it's incredibly technical. It's incredibly difficult to be good at. Um, it is another, it's, you know, if you're used to riding cross country, it's that, but it on, you know, five times speed when you're riding right, down the mountain. Right. And the are trails, they, go ahead. No, 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 they're riding downhill specific bikes? Downhill specific bikes or enduro bikes. A lot of them are on what we call a single crown bike, which is uh, your typical trail bike right. look. Um, from 140 millimeters of travel at the least up to 200 um, millimeters. To take big hits big hits at consecutive big hits so for example we were just at Massanutten this past weekend okay. and uh, if you want to really find out what it looks like uh, go look up Massanutten uh, either World Cup or there's a trail called All or Nothing and watch a video and see what these kids are riding down so okay. um, we had a number of kids get some very good results um, I have to shout out my man uh, Henry Owens he scored his first uh, first place podium, wow. and uh, I've been working with him for a couple of years. And it was uh, his dad is there is a great friend of mine, and uh, I had like a kind of like a little bit of a proud dad moment as well with him. Uh-huh. Um, it was really cool to see. I was honored to be there with him, but I got to shout him out. He did great. I also have D uh, Smith did fantastic with the fourth place. Rowan Clark got a fifth place, and with everybody that finished, they put a lot of work, a lot of effort into it, and. It's just been really cool to coach this team. Um, if uh, you want to learn more about it, you can come out of the shop and talk to me. Uh, we also have uh, we have a lot of a lot of great stuff going on. It's a it's fun, and uh, we'll we'll have some events here in the future if you want to ride with these kids and see what it's all about. I've got to see some video clips of these downhillers. We That's can awesome. make it happen. Yeah. Okay. Cool. We'll get back to the Rider Up podcast in just a moment. But first, a quick note about Virginia's Blue Ridge. You'll hear Dan and I talk a lot about Virginia's Blue Ridge in the podcast because that's where we live and ride. Virginia's Blue Ridge offers what we lovingly call a Metro Mountain Mix, a place where you can play in the mountains while enjoying the arts and culture in and around Roanoke, Virginia, home to many museums, restaurants, festivals, shopping, and so much more. We hope you'll bring your bike, go for a ride, and check out all the region has to offer. Go to visitvbr.com for all things Virginia's Blue Ridge. My pleasure at this time to introduce pro cyclist Kona professional Carrie Warner joining Dan and I here on the Rider Up podcast. Carrie, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, so you just uh, you just did something with the, with the Rockstar, which is sort of a famous route here in this part of Virginia, and then you were out west and you raced in a Belgian waffle. 
contest, it's a gravel race. <laughs> I mean, there's three or four of those in the country, right? Yeah, there's four this year, yeah. Yeah, uh, and uh, I, I watched, you did a great video on that. So, I mean, how are you feeling? You're doing all this stuff back to back, doesn't it? You know, where are you at? How are you feeling just sitting here today in the in the middle of May in 2022? Yeah, well, I'll tell you, so like, like you were saying, I did that Belgian waffle ride on Saturday last week. Uh, flew back on Sunday and then did the Rockstar pool on Wednesday. And it's now Tuesday after that. And I just... Yesterday was like the first day I felt like a normal person. Uh, <laughs> really? Let, yeah. yeah, and let's talk about the Rockstar for just a second because, first of all, what you attempted and completed was the FKT or fastest known time for the Rockstar. And from for those of you who are listening that are not from our area and don't know, the Rockstar is, uh, has a trail component, a gravel component, and a road component. Uh, Carrie did the gravel, and it is a grueling how many miles? 250. 250 gravel miles, and you completed it in? 18 and a half hours. 18 and a half hours, which got him the fastest known time for that route. And so... So what, so so if you're looking on a map, the yeah. Rockstar starts in Harrisonburg, Correct. Virginia. Rock Town. Rock Town. Rock I think town. it's important to point like this is where the name comes from. Okay. I think that's a cool component. Rob will so. correct us. Rock, Rock Town. Harrisonburg to Star City, the Roanoke, so the Rock Star. All right. Okay, so that's I did not I didn't know that. Yeah. Because this, this is this is something for crazy people. Crazy. Like, people. It's been sort of on the periphery of my cycling knowledge, but but I just look at it and I hear people doing the Rock Star and I can't wrap my mind around it. Yeah, and you have to the the person who created it, Rob. I work with him, and he is a crazy person. Yeah. There's something wrong with him. There is. However, uh, he is probably the biggest cheerleader for cycling that I've ever met in my life. The guy is incredible. Yes. And uh, he has created this race, and it is a phenomenon. And the people that do it are a little bit unhinged as well, I have to say, Kerry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but normally uh, it's like a three or four day event, right? Yeah. I mean, multi, I think most of the gravel is probably two day people doing a two day, I would yeah. say. Yeah. So I think every year in April, there's a grand depart. So yeah. like a mass start. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how many people did it this year, but you know, uh, it doesn't have to be a race. Uh, last year I learned about the routes. Uh, I learned about the routes during the pandemic year when I was just kind of looking for stuff to do and it kind of time got away from me. And then, so at the beginning of 2021 in April, I, I bike packed the, the rockstar trail from Harrisonburg. So I drove up there, bike packed Mm -hmm. to Roanoke just for fun. Like what, on, what bike were you riding? Uh, the Kona Hey Hey. It's a full suspension 120, 120 bike. So you're on a mountain bike? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And just with you like, gotta be on that one. Yeah. yeah that's what I thought. Yeah. Bar bag, frame bag, camelback, seat bag. So like standard bike pack stuff. But I did that in four days from Harrisonburg to Roanoke. And then I took a little break. And then me and three other friends did the gravel route back to Harrisonburg so we could get my truck. <laughs> just trying to keep it as ecologically just got, yeah you're doing the uh, doing the old sh- uh, like self shuttle on that one right yeah <laughs> that's crazy right yeah. so but I mean so but I mean you're a pro cyclist so so for people who are listening and I, I still haven't even gotten into how you rode for 18 hours and, yeah. and got the you don't want to think about that. Story. Yeah, no, I don't want to think about that. <laughs> I don't even want to be awake for 18 hours. Yeah, I know, day, right? You know. Um, 
but so I, I was watching your video uh, in the Belgian waffle ride, and you were doing something like 320 watts uphill for half an hour. Yeah, that sounds right. Is that right? Yeah. What I mean, I get on my Peloton, and I just try to peak at 320 watts for a couple of seconds. Yeah. And you're riding that for, I mean, it's a different world from most people. I might be able to do it on an e-bike for about 10 minutes. <laughs> on an e-bike. How do, you, how do you get to that? Well, you know, there's this, uh, there's this theory, like the 10,000-hour theory. Yeah. Uh, yep. You know, once you've done something for, for 10,000 10, hours, hours, you're you professional. Can, can consider yourself like an elite, at yeah. least an elite like level, uh, yeah, exerciser you know, person at that sport. Right, so, right. Uh, I've been riding since I was 15. I turned pro like when I was in my U23 years, probably when I was like 19 or 20, okay. and. Mountain bike or I started mountain biking. Yeah. Uh, qualified for my first world championships in 2008, um, and then kind of just never really stopped after that. I did a bunch of stuff as a junior in a U23 with the the USA Cycling National Mountain Bike Team, and uh, a lot of trips over to Europe. So I was I was exposed to a really really high level of the of the, the highest level of the sport at a really young age. So that kind of like that kind of opened my eyes to like how fast people could actually be and uh and kind of also how far off of that mark i was <laughs> so really? oh big time yeah. yeah i uh when i qualified for that world in 2008 that was my first time racing outside of really the mid-atlantic region i grew up in pennsylvania southeastern pa and uh flew over to italy thought that i was gonna you know work be racing for the podium like mm -hmm. as a young dumb kid does right. <laughs> and uh yeah so got over there i think i got pulled two laps into the race oh man pulled? really <laughs> oh yeah three laps Start down lap, i right? think i was yeah. yeah oh man so that was kind of a big slap in the face and a big wake-up call and you know some i guess some people might like look back on that experience and and kind of decide that this maybe isn't for them but for me it was like a a challenge uh so i kind of took it in stride and that's kind of i know. think that's probably a difference between uh a racer that continues on in their professional career and somebody who stops is instead of taking it as a defeat they take it as like all right, game on. I gotta. Okay. I gotta take the next step. So, so what? What? What did you do to get better? Uh, yeah, I just got smarter about training. Um, I didn't really know about coaching and stuff at that point in in my so life. You were just racing on raw talent at that point. Well, I mean, I did have a little bit of direction, but it wasn't anywhere near what what a lot of the juniors that are coming up through the sport now have. Yeah. So, just just in my last. 10 years of racing, it's been really cool to see just how much more prepared juniors are coming out of, of that kind of category. And I think it lends to to kind of show how much like cycling in America has, or like at least our talent has improved on the world stage over the last couple of years. Yeah. I mean, Chris Blevins is a huge, yeah, a huge, uh, example of that winning the short track world championships and 
I mean, Keegan Swenson is up there just crushing it at all the big races, and uh, we've got a lot of talent coming out of the younger ranks, so it's yeah. cool to see. Well, it is cool to see, but but so let's let's keep it on you though. Um, so you did, I think you were 14th in the in the waffle. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome because that was a pretty, and you were you led for a little while. I was up there. I yeah. tried to. I tried to. Uh, well, the, the front end of that race had some of the more technical sectors in it, and uh, being at the front, I felt like played to my advantage. Uh, I didn't want to get stuck behind any weird crashes or a yeah, right. bunch of uh, gaps opening up, so sure. tried to stay at the front, and that worked out, but unfortunately, I only had the legs for the, the first half of the race, <laughs> and then the wheels came off. What was the distance on that? It was 135 miles, so... Jeez. That's also right. something that I'm, I'm kind of learning at this point, you know, like coming up through um, UCI mountain bike stuff, and then I've transitioned into being like a, a purely cyclocross racer over the last eight years. So I'm really used to those like hour, hour and a half efforts. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a seven hour plus race for me. So yeah, it's rough. Um, there's just a bit of a learning curve. Um, right, right. Training is different. And then also just like the things that you have, you have to really stay on top of your fueling in a race like that. Uh, you have to really monitor kind of where the matches are being burned. And uh, yeah, that was a big learning. So, so, so is that your goal now to move into more of these gravel type events longer? Yeah. Term? I mean, because the cyclocross is very specific and it's a, it's an off season right. season and it's relatively short, right? So are you are you now going to become a, a gravel racer rider? Because yeah, the focus this year is is kind of I'm taking a bit of the focus off of cross season. So I still plan on racing a few races here and there. But in years past, you know, I would use the spring and summer to kind of set me up for racing a full cross season. Uh, this year, I'm kind of. Uh, using the spring and summer as my my key races to focus on and then hopefully be able to coast through cross season with a bit of that fitness and i don't know it's a little bittersweet i love racing cross it's my favorite um discipline to race just because it's so action-packed and and great spectator sport great spectator sport you know the course is so contained usually the racing is a lot tighter because it's an hour for one but there's also not huge climbs, there's not huge descents, and so the skill level, even if they, the skill and fitness when when they're kind of apart between riders, there's big gaps, it can still be a, a pretty exciting race because of, you know, the course might be flatter sure. and suit a yeah. road rider, yeah. or it might be more technical and suit like a mountain biker, so right. it's always fun and different. Um, so it's a little bittersweet, but you know I've been doing the same circuit for the last eight years, and mixing it up is always yeah. You try know, to try getting out of your comfort zone is always well. Good. You know, go ahead. I'm I was gonna, I was gonna ask you just talking about your training. You know, you've lived in a lot of awesome cycling destinations, like I think North Carolina and Colorado, and you're here in Roanoke and Virginia's Blue Ridge. What was your draw to be here? Um, it is like, you know, it's, let's take training for an example. You know, is this is this area have what you need? Is yeah. this oh for you- sure? Uh, so we we my wife and I Emily moved here in 2020 in July, 
and it took about uh, it took about three weeks of seeing this place before we started looking at houses. So we came up here during the pandemic when there was no racing because uh, some awesome local residents here in town, Jeff Brown and Carl oh, yeah. Williams, they organized a Strava stage race, so a virtual kind of race. Yep. I went to school with a guy that lives in town here, um, uh, Matt Clements, and he invited me up just for a ride. Showed me some really cool stuff, like backcountry mountain bike stuff off the I parkway. I didn't know you went to school with Matt. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. We both went to Lee's McRae. Right on. And uh, he had me up. I'd always gone to Brevard being... We came from Winston-Salem, so Asheville area was two hours west. Roanoke is basically two hours northeast. And so he, he convinced us to come up, showed us some stuff, then told us about the Strava stage race that was happening. And so we came back, and while we were parked... This was still during the pandemic, so we were staying in our RV in his yard. Uh-huh. <laughs> and while we were doing the Strava stage race, we also were like scheduling open houses and going to check out uh, houses great. in our That's RV. Cool. Uh, so in your RV, so you pull up in the RV to look at a house. Yeah, yeah. And, Take your house to the house. Wow. And uh, so yeah, we started looking at stuff, and and it was time for us to move out of Emily's parents' place in Winston. And so after seeing what Roanoke had to offer, it was it was a no-brainer. That's cool. I mean, you know, and we love this area, and you know, people are now discovering it like you, like what a bicycling paradise yeah. it is. Right. Uh, and for training, you've got all the mountains that you need, all the trails that you need, all the gravel. Yeah. That you I need, mean, we've right? got George Washington and Jefferson National Forest, which whole you know a lot of single track but also even Even more miles of gravel road and then you know the blue ridge parkway is three miles from our front door um there's also other really great road riding in the area and then another thing that really drew us here was just the 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 extensive bike infrastructure uh in roanoke and around downtown so Mm -hmm. uh it didn't take long for Emily and I to buy e-commuter bikes, and we don't really drive anywhere. That's so great. we love the bike path system here and, uh-huh. and how bike-friendly Roanoke is. I, I, I just thank you for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Dan and I work really hard to get the word out, and there's a lot of people who've, who've worked really yeah. hard. We're from here, and we, yeah. we love it because this is like what we've known and, and realized, but it's always good to have somebody like Pro Caliber come in and, and recognize that. Yeah. Um, somebody who could live anywhere. Could live right. anywhere, right? Yeah. So, so, so yeah. What, is, what is the life of a pro cyclist? I mean, that's where, that's where your money comes from, Yeah. right? Yeah, so the way it works for me is I kind of have this like salary of X dollars and I've got to take that and use it to get to races. And uh, so with me, I don't really have a a contracted schedule. Um, Kona just kind of says like nudges us in certain directions and we get to pick the races that we kind of want to do. So it's, it's really nice in that regard because you know, I don't have to do the lifetime Grand Prix that's happening right, right now. Yeah. Uh, I can do the Belgian waffle rides, and there's also some really fun, more like East Coast events. It seems like a lot of people are putting emphasis on all these West Coast gravel events, but there's some good stuff out East that it's good that I get to be a part of instead of like being forced to go do these. Yeah, other I'm glad to see that from companies now because it used to kind of be 
um, these are the ones you're required to do and anything extra it's on you and it's kind of turned a little bit and I feel like they're allowing the lifestyle to speak for the riders which is great because you get to do the things you want to do your lifestyle's better and that's going to translate better to products and stuff like that when you're talking about what your your you know, right, sponsors right. and stuff yeah. um, I think it's smart of companies like Kona to do that so which Kona gravel bike do you ride uh, I'm on the Libre CRDL so it's a Kona it's a, it's actually like a it's kind of a Swiss Army knife of gravel bikes. It's uh-huh. not a pure gravel race bike. Um, so right now I have it set up like that. Uh, we've got the you know rigid carbon fork on it and 700C you know gravel tires. But then this bike's also capable of running 650B 2.2 mountain bike tires. Yeah. Um, okay. So it makes it a pretty versatile machine. Um, and what what components do you have on? Uh, I'm on Shimano GRX, uh, so Shimano's GR or Shimano's Gravel Group and DI2, so uh, pretty Gucci stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. What's it weigh? Uh, <laughs> you know, without frame bags and everything, uh, it's like maybe 18 pounds. Nice. So. I, I have a question: dropper or no dropper? Yeah, that's a tough one. I'd love to always have a dropper on my gravel bike. Yep. The problem is a lot of these gravel races are. Uh, kind of like on the speedier side of things rather than the more technical side of things. Yeah. So um, there's there's certain races that I will put the dropper on for. Uh, I'm heading out to Oregon in June for the this race called the Best of Both, uh-huh. and it's uh, it's a pretty cool race. You can race it as a uh, single steed category, so you have one bike, or you can uh-huh. race it with two yep. bikes. In the and the idea here is that there's 16 miles of single track so you can race the single track on a mountain bike and I'm not sure what order it is but race the single tra- single track on a mountain bike come into the transition zone like a triathlon grab your gravel bike and then do the gravel off-road sections and there's some pavement as well so it's this fun little balance yeah uh, I'm gonna race that race on my Libre that's the only bike Great. which tires you can use yeah, probably some bigger mountain bike tires. Um, Fox also makes a gravel fork, so it's yep. a, I think it's an 80 mil fork, suspension yeah. fork. Nice. And uh, I'll probably throw that on as well. You, you can lock that out when you need to. Lock it out or run it full open in it, and it, makes, it. it makes a pretty big difference. I, l- I love seeing drop bar bikes with a uh, dropper piss, and it like warms my heart. Because I'm like <laughs> a very strictly mountain bike uh you know downhill enduro is right. where i where right. where i like to live and uh i always said if i had a gravel bike it had a dropper post well let me ask you two guys because dan you're you're <laughs> a bike mechanic and you work here in a bike shop and carry you're a pro and i'm like you know the guy that's just like the n plus one guy with some bikes in his garage <laughs> who rides that's with okay his, we need who, you to you know who, who rides really easy trails with his wife is is the gravel bike still evolving yeah, I would say 100% still. Really? I don't think that the gravel bike knows what it wants to be. Yet. I don't either. Yep. <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, yeah, so there's, I'll say, uh, the gra- there's a segment of gravel, like flat bar gravel is growing now. And it is more 
traditional bar width, like 760 uh, width. Basically, your 1990s mountain bike. It's, exactly. It is a it is a 90s rock hopper. Well, so Global it, Mountain Bike Network did that, yeah. right? They went out and got a 90s mountain bike, a yep. good one. Yeah. I think, you know, like an XT, XTR yep. bike back in the day. And then they took a gravel bike and they, you know, the same guys rode it on the same trail. And the gravel bike was faster. Yep. Than the '90s. Well, you're you're but, going bigger, bigger wheel sets for sure. 700C versus 26, probably. Yes. Brake versus yeah. Disc brake. Versus yeah, yeah, for sure. Tires. Yeah. Right, and they were using drop bars instead of flat bars. Yeah. Um, oh, I flat bar. But uh, so we've got. I found this video when I was just googling around. If I can yeah. think of it, I'll I'll put it in the show notes so people can find it if I can find it again. But you're right. It's going back to what was a mountain bike originally. Yeah. But I still think, like, when I, I've got a gravel bike and I've got a mountain bike. I still fight. If I'm on a gravel road, I'm faster on a gravel bike. Yeah, you'd be, by far. You'd yeah. be surprised. I think it, it takes a certain gravel road, um, like mm-hmm. Wildlife Road uh-huh. in our area. Mm-hmm. If you if you go ride that, it'd be interesting to, to see. If Where is that for listeners? Uh, just on the north side of North Mountain. Um, so if you drive out 311 to Catawba, right. just past the Dragon's Tooth parking lot. Right. There's a there's a gravel road that cuts cuts northeast. Uh, it's called Wildlife Wildlife Road, road. Yep. and it's a pretty gnarly wild, yep. a pretty gnarly gravel road. Yeah, um, and I think you'd be hard pressed to to definitively say that a gravel bike is faster than a mountain bike on that road. Yeah, it's. Really? Okay. Technical gravel, for okay. sure. But when I'm on what, what they call hero gravel, which is just kind of hard packed right. gravel, yeah. you know, it's not real trail gravel, but it's... I've never you know, heard that. I love it. Okay. <laughs> um, well, a friend of mine uses that term hero all the gravel. time. Hero gravel. Um, but, I, you know, I can roll right along. and. I actually... So this is, a, this is kind of an interesting topic because I have a, a small video series that I put more stock into when I had more time and wasn't racing back in 2020, but... There's a, a loop that we have um, just outside of town called the Day Creek Gravel Loop. Okay. And you start at the Day Creek Day Use Area, and you loop it counterclockwise. You climb up Boblet's Gap, drop mm-hmm. across, go across the parkway, drop down the, the north side of the parkway, and then you do a gravel road that parallels the parkway climb up Black Horse Gap and drop back down to the Day Creek day use area. So you Uh make this loop. How far is that? It's only 26 miles. Can mortals do it? Well, so that's what I, that's the the video series (laughs) I have is, I I first, I did that during the the Roanoke, or the Roa Stoked uh, Strava Stage Race stuff that I came for. Roa Stoked. Roa Stoked. Yes. And uh, I I was just on a traditional gravel bike with 40C tires and I posted a time and I, and I got to thinking, mostly because Carla Williams had done it on a hardtail, uh, and she was only like 10 minutes off my pace. Mm-hmm. And so then I got to thinking, you know, like maybe the gravel bike isn't the bike for this because that loop is just so chunky. Yeah. And so I've, I've since done it on the gravel bike with bigger tires, the gravel bike with a suspension fork, and I did it on my full suspension mountain bike. And? All to compare times. And at least right now, the uh, the gravel bike with the suspension fork is the faster bike. Gravel bike with suspension fork. I could see that on the climbs for sure, that boblets climb. But the I made up the, a lot of time on the downhills on, on the, the yeah, mountain bike. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, 
It was there's a there's a good bit of pavement on the front end of that loop, yeah. and then uh, a good bit of pedaling on the back end too. So yeah, okay. that that descent off of Black Horse down to Day Creek again is would be pretty technical. It depends on when you did it too, because they have like yeah. graded. So right, it, it yeah, like, there's all kinds of variables. Okay, so, so there's, variables, there's a ton but, yeah. of variables, but you know, the, the thing I love is is that all of this is it's evolving, right? Yeah. Like you said, like because. Because I have a gravel bike, mm-hmm. and it's a it's about a twelve hundred dollar gravel bike with forty C tires. It's a it's a Fuji mm-hmm. Jari, and and I like it. Um, and then I've got uh, a mountain bike with what one hundred and forty on front and back. It's a tall boy. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so much difference between those two, so I decide, all right, am I going to go ride a trail? Because I get beat to death if I ride single track. Yeah. On the gravel bike. Yeah. Right. And I still think that I'm the mere mortal and you two guys, like, you know, you guys are above what our listeners are. So, <laughs> and I'm, I'm the listener. I'm the listener. Here, okay. Um, so, all right, let's talk about tire pressure. Gravel bike. Getting in the weeds here. All tubeless, right. 40 mil tire pressure on single track. 20 pounds? 30 pounds? You know, so. Oh, man, that's 20. My my thing about tire pressure is, is I kind of might not be the best person to ask about this because uh-huh. everybody is really into this like whole like how low can we go kind of thing yeah. right but i don't like to flat i don't either and and i i guess like i kind of also trust my skill set more like i have a pretty high level of technical skill yeah uh just from the mountain bike side of things so i tend to run probably 10 pounds higher than a lot of people that i ride with mm. just because i don't like to flat but don't you get beat to death well, that's lot, where you like rely on skill and yeah. A lot of that's body positioning, I'd say. Body, yeah. I mean, it does. It takes more of an energy toll, I, I mm-hmm, would say, mm-hmm. just because I have to use my body. But we're talking about the difference of like your tire giving you an extra three millimeters of give or four millimeters of give, mm-hmm. as opposed to like bending your arms more. It, it, and it comes down to, I think, even like bike setup. Um, things as simple as putting uh, a carbon bar that flexes slightly more than a, a alloy bar, um, at least for mountain bikes. Like for me, that's something that I put on every one of my bikes is a carbon one-up bar. I love them. Um, hmm. I think they're they're designed with some flex in the system, and I typically probably run a little bit higher pressure as well than a lot of on a mountain bike. Uh, yeah, on a mountain bike right. than a lot of people of the same like weight and skill. Uh, and if you go like for me on the downhill circuit, people run a lot higher pressure than the average person's going to run around here. I'd say. All right. Are you selling any gravel bikes here? We're at Cardinal Bicycle in mm-hmm. Grandin Village in Roanoke. Yep. Are you selling any gravel bikes with suspension, front suspension? Um, not really. Uh, we've had Lauf before that do a leaf sprung That's, carbon uh, suspension looking, fork. Yeah. yeah, it's a strange looking animal. Um, they seem to be a great product. I've, I've heard good things. I've about, heard yeah. good things. Uh, yeah. They're a little bit laterally flexible as well, which uh, I think takes some getting used to, uh, but seem to be a really good product. So we've sold those before. I haven't got my hands on one of those new, the new Fox. Um, I think somebody else does one too. Um, but I, have, I haven't been able to be hands-on with that yet. Uh, I think right now that is going to be towards the segments doing a lot more like longer, gnarlier race where you have to do single track. Um, 
there's a place for it, but I believe Gravel's in a little bit of a weird, awkward teenage it's, phase right it's now. Following and the it's, mountain bike, uh, and it's, it's trying to figure out what it is. It's getting to be this like this this like one-off of cyclocross where like when you show up to a cross race you need to have at least two bikes with 30 sets of wheels <laughs> and now like now all these gravel bikes are like you show up to a race that you've never done before you better have 40c gravel tires and you better have some slicks also in case it's pretty chill and then you also better bring your your suspension fork just in case it's really gnarly like uh, there's a yeah. lot of uh, there's a lot of kind of and I'd yeah. say cyclists like to push the envelope on races, right. you know, and so they're always somebody out there that's doing these new versions of these races are gonna throw in like just some rock garden that's just silly. So, for yeah, a, but then, but then there could whatever. be if there's a serious amount of road. Then you're gonna want the you know yeah and that less gnarly time. I mean, well, it, the Belgian waffle ride is a great example of this. Yeah, uh, I, I was told based off of last year's course to run 32 slicks, uh-huh. which probably is is a good tire if you're a good technical rider and in good shape because uh, it is it's really bumpy and there's mm-hmm. a lot of off road sections, but mm-hmm. there's nothing gnarly technical. Uh, but then this year they added a new downhill on the backside and I still had those 32 slicks on I I wish I would have had a bigger volume tire Um, so yeah like like Dan was saying people are always pushing the envelope and and trying to like throw racers off their game mm-hmm. yeah uh, so it's always kind of a question it's fun so, to see so, racers yeah. suffer you got you got to <laughs> it's a it's a puzzle you know you it's gotta, a good race when, when guys are coming across the line like swearing and cussing <laughs> like, that was a goddamn mountain bike race that was a gravel race uh-huh. you know so that's yeah, always right. nice right and you've got more waffle bread you've signed up for all the belgian waffle rides yeah so the next one's nice it'll be in Asheville. Okay. Which is the only one with familiar territory. The only other one I've done. Uh, uh, all the other ones are new to me. So, however, this year, last year when I did it, it was 105 miles. They're all like 130 this year. Have so. they released the the route? I don't know that they've released the official yeah. route yet. Gotcha. All right. So now you're going to ride the whole Blue Ridge Parkway. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine is coming up. He's on his way up here today, and. Uh, I did a I did a credit card style bike pack trip with some friends back in January, um, actually to get ready for the World Champs, just to do a little bit of volume and have some fun, and it was really cool just because bike packing is really fun to me. I love to do it. Mm-hmm. It's also kind of a pain in the ass because you've got all yeah. that bag, all the bags, all the weight, and it's like you can't, you just can't ride your bike like you would normally ride your bike you know like mm-hmm. it's just a big bear of a machine when you got it all loaded down and you'll be on a gravel bike with slick tires so yeah i'll be on my libre with 32 slicks and all we'll have is like a small frame bag to hold food and then a big seat bag with a change of clothes um and so we're gonna we've got it split up over five days the first night we actually stay at my house Okay. Uh, so that's like 113 miles. So you're starting in Virginia. Starting at the top, yeah, in the okay. north side. Ride to my house, then Fancy Gap. We had to rent a cabin because there's not much in between here. Yeah. Um, 
So then Fancy Gap to Boone. I have friends in Boone we're going to stay with. And then Boone to Asheville, which is where my friend's coming from. Mm -hmm. And then Asheville to the end. And his wife will pick us up. Nice. So it's about 80 miles a day? Yeah, 80, 90 miles uh, after that first uh, 113 mile day. What kind, of, what kind of speed will you average with all that junk on your bike? And Hopefully being, pretty being fast. A pro. Yeah. <laughs> so seriously, what? Yeah, it's hard to say because there is, you know, the parkway is 469 miles with 55,000 feet of climbing. Yeah, it's crazy. So it's it's got a bit of climbing. I think that just because of the nature of who we are and, like, we don't really have that much gear. Like, uh -huh. the first day, we're just going to ride bikes because we're coming back to my house. Right. So we won't even bring the seat yeah, bags and stuff. You just have water. Yeah. Same with the last day. Once we get to Asheville and ride to the end, like, we'll just leave our stuff at his place. Um, I would think we'd probably average close to 17 or 18 miles an hour. Yeah, it's rolling, man. That's fast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, awesome. So I have a. Are you are you going to YouTube any of this? Yeah, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a little video out. Uh, yeah, I, well, and follow up question. So I've I've watched some of your video. I watched your last year's Rockstar days and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, how difficult is it to film yourself, like, and find the find the like. Uh, right, because you're using drone, yeah, uh, you're, a still camera, and a GoPro, right? Because you got to be like, okay, I, I got to like get my stuff out and like set a thing up, and then ride down the section trail and then get back up and get it. And yeah, I try not to do a lot of that uh, for like the rocks. When I'm out on an, an adventure, I mm -hmm. usually just have a GoPro or mm -hmm. like two GoPros, one on like my helmet, and then one for just doing, yeah. uh, you know, like dialogue stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean it's not easy, but it's also um, not that hard, you know, like, I, I don't know. I also just like to, like, some people think that these adventures are, like, really big, like, really big thing that has to happen to get these things done, but, like, I hope that my videos show that it's real. as long as you, like, put, you just, like, get started and, like, kind of do a little bit of planning, like, it's really not that hard. Like, mm -hmm. I try not to go over the top with like how involved I make these trips just so that when I'm doing a video and I can show people like it's really easy yeah. to go on an adventure. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know because this is your job, right? Well, like, you know, like for me, I've got to break away from everything else I'm doing to do that planning part. Right. And that, that seems almost impossible sometimes. Well, and that's the other thing with my, like uh, some of my videos I make, I make like walkthrough videos or like, you know, for the Rockstar stuff specifically, I made a series of like, there's a pack video and then a day one, two, three, four, where I kind of walk you through ex like yeah. everything you'd need to know if you wanted to ride the Rockstar. Mm -hmm. And so like, I have more, like I did the Colorado Trail like that, mm -hmm. um, the Rockstar Gravel, the Rockstar Trail, like I like to do those kinds of videos so that people can, can see like use yeah. mine as a template. They can they can look inside. Like I mean, like as a professional athlete, they can mm -hmm. say, okay, this is what he's using. I can get these things, and this is an attainable thing. And what you know, whether they're riding the same distance or not, doesn't matter. If they do the same level of planning, they can complete it. Right. Um, I think that's cool. To, mm -hmm. to and they at least to have a baseline. Yeah. You know, like, oh, Kerry did it in four days. This is where he did it. Yeah. I don't right. think I could do that, but I could do this. And you back it up with the data and stuff. And I think that's great. Uh, yeah. People can see. 
you know, what you did. Yeah. Um, so, and Rockstar is not, once again, not for the faint of heart. However, you can do it. And uh, if you want information, we can set you up with Rob, uh, the creator. And right. he is, uh, he will make it happen for you. That guy loves to get people on bikes. He does. And, I, and he, in fact, he just sold my wife a bike. So, um, <laughs> But the um, I will put all the links in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely, so people can find the rock star and so forth. And and I mean, people are coming here from all over the country. To yeah, do this all over, uh, which is which is awesome. I live here, and I know I will never do it. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I've, you know, I've had delusions I mean, of you know of doing it. Maybe the gravel. I don't know because I've never been. Pavement one's pretty cool. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, I haven't done it yet. But so I've, yeah, I've but I've never done the bike. Path. We just had just Amanda Coker here a couple weeks ago. We talked right. to her, and she yeah. has the FKT on the. The, the pave. Yeah, so... Uh, you going to try to get it? Well, so... <laughs> as we start a little yeah. uh, rivalry. Mm-hmm. As you all know, um, Rono got amateur road nats. Yep. And uh, a friend of mine gave me a TT bike that oh, I right. got for that, for the TT, so... Figure while I have it, I might as well might as well put it to work for the. <laughs> so you're gonna enter? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I'll go out there and, and see what happens. It seems like a fun route because unlike the trail and the gravel, there's less than a hundred feet of climbing per mile. Oh, it's like so, it's supposed to be beautiful too, right in the valley. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So um, seems like a walk in the park. All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. So, so will you be repping Kona then, or just riding for yourself? I mean, I'll be on a Cervelo P4 for that. Okay. Um, okay. Just because it's a TT bike, and it'd yeah. be fun to like send the gravel on like a super fast machine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We've been putting some Cerve- some P's together, and they're good bike. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. Yep. So, uh, and Karen, the other thing I wanted to ask you about, you've got an RV. And and I you've got a 1991 model. Mine's three years newer. Yeah. Right. And but my goal, if I retire here in the next three or four years, is to drive around in my mini Winnie, <laughs> with my bikes on the back, and my wife and I go and we and I'm going to do videos biking for boomers, because I'm you know I'm 61. Mm-hmm. Right. So you know I'm going to and I've got a drone and I've got all the stuff you've got, but I haven't really explored the possibilities of doing the video because I haven't had the time yeah. to do it. And when I go out, I just want to ride right yeah. now. I have to steal that time to do that. Yeah, exactly. Right. But you use you use your motorhome too? You like use that too? Yeah, we love we love going I mean, parking it in the forest. That's the that's we're not really into van life because the van is just basically a mobile tent. The, right. R- the yeah. RV, we've got a stove, a refrigerator, yeah. a shower, a yeah. toilet. Like it feels like we have our home with but, us. And you're boondocking though, right? You're, you're, or, just, are you, or are you finding hookups? No, no, no. We're just parking in the woods. We have a solar panel on the top, so that kind okay. of trickle charges the battery. And so the the thing we have to pay attention to is water. Uh, yeah. Because we like to shower. Right. Uh, so you, and you, the water tank runs dry pretty quick. It does. Quick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm I'm just that's that's my little dream. Yeah. I've no, blog, I mean, blogged about start, that. You know, I don't, a, I don't know that it'll ever happen. We'll start a, a, a nerdy uh, RV talk segment. Right. Can we could do that. Yeah. Nerdy. So, but I've got a bike rack on the back, and I'm actually thinking about putting like a logo on the back for biking. Do for it. Boomers. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I, yeah, that, once you announce to the world what you're doing, you got people find you on YouTube or whatever if yeah. you put that on there. <laughs> yeah, right now I think I've got three videos and they're all pretty lame. But you know, <laughs> anyway. So, Carrie, what's what's next for you? Uh, what what are you going to do for Kona? What where do you see your career going? Uh, well, I kind of like to just look at uh, 
the the present more than I do the future. I mean, I I, I do want to keep doing this for a while. So, uh, just kind of doing the same thing I'm doing now, but maybe mixing it up with some different races. Um, doing gravel more this year will be different, and probably look into even expanding on that idea more next year. Um, just because I don't think I'm going to go to Europe. I don't know if I'll race cross worlds, but that kind of like frees up my early season. So this year, because of world championships being at the end of January, then I had to take some time off. And uh, until I got back into the swing of things, like it's already like, I'm only like two and a half months away from when I started riding again or something. Right. So next year it'd be nice to kind of shut it down after cross nationals and like take some time off over the, the winter and then get into uh, more of the early season gravel stuff. Uh, so that's kind of it, but I mean, there's always other adventures on the list. This, this uh, Blurge bike pack with my friend, it's his first bike pack trip, so this yeah. will be pretty fun for him. Is he a pro also? He was. He's a, uh, he was a cross pro, but now he's kind of stepped back to focus on uh, his career and him and his dad have a company uh, called Molten Speedwax. So they do like a waxed chain. Oh, all right. Oh, really? Do they do, are they like doing pre-waxed chains for people? They do pre-waxed chains right for people. Cool. So, uh, uh, that's that's getting bigger too. It is. Everybody's looking for marginal gains these days. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Wax seems to be the way to go. For me, it's a pain in the butt. I mean, I'm thinking about getting a crock pot for back in the uh, uh-huh. service bar and get some right. wax that's chains what, going. Yeah, look, look up Molten Speedwax. They'll help you out. They'll make Make yeah. it not a pain okay. above. That's we'll, cool. We'll put a link in the show notes 100%. to it. If you, I mean, if you if you're going to say that that's a, a good product, we'll you know we'll stand by that. In terms of marginal gains, they say that the wax chain is your best bet. I think it's like four to eight watts or something. Really? That's wow. a lot. That actually is. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Where like I just learned recently that uh, I've seen a lot of people with those ceramic speed yeah. cages, yeah. and it's like a six hundred dollar upgrade. It's yeah. And it might save you a lot. Wow. So, so something that does just go, to, go to a wax yeah. chain. Yeah. You, that's, you see all those pick those videos of people like spinning their ceramic bottom brackets <laughs> and they just never stop. Yeah. But that also might only save you a lot over your conventional and bottom guess how bracket. Often you're replacing that sucker. Yeah. So. Okay. And but is a wax chain noisy? No, the opposite. They should be pretty sound. I have heard unless you run them out. They say that they're noisy, and I I started with a wax chain on my Pinarello road bike. They probably melt. I can- hated it. They probably melting candles down and putting them in there. No, there's a shop that did it. Okay, uh, but I hated it. Yeah, it was noisy and. Hmm. The I, I don't have a ton of experience with wax chains, but uh, the few that I've been around, they've been relatively fresh installs and have been very quiet. Okay, let me ask you. Let me ask you. you know, I, I thought we were going to end this interview, but I got it. So you've got your. I've got my standard chain right now on my bike, and I've been putting oil on it, and I clean it fairly often. Um, so I want to wax it. First thing I got to do is get it super clean. You yeah, probably, yeah, parts degreaser, parts yeah. wash. Okay, yeah. so do a parts degreaser. Yep. And let it soak and get it completely clean, so it's completely shiny. Completely clean, completely dry. Completely dry. Then I put it in a crock pot with full of the correct wax, like the correct a, wax, a chain specific wax, and you can buy those out there in the okay. little blocks. Yep. Okay, and and then I just take it out, and it's good for how long? Like two hundred miles. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Two hundred miles. Yeah. 
And then so you can month. also touch them up with uh, with specific like wax lubes. Okay. Some of them. Yeah, we had somebody contact recently asking, and we don't have any that like it's very specific wax lubes because they're like, yeah. oh, what would I use on a wax chain? And then you know, how do I clean that off? And like, you just have to start over if you use something that's not wax. But if you don't, wax if you don't put lube on it, all you have to do is take the chain off, dip it back in the yeah. crock pot. Put it back on, so you never have to clean it. You just like maybe soap and water, brush okay. it down. Yeah, okay. because it doesn't attract a lot of dirt and grit the way oil does. Right. So, yeah. Do you use wax chains, or you? Uh, I have. Uh, I've used a molten speed wax chain before yep. for specifically for like a time trial. Okay. Just trying to be super fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And uh, uh, it's it's cool. It is. It's great. And like I think like once you make the investment in that initial kind of once you step over the line, once you like have, I think the best way to do it actually is to have a bunch of chains, like yeah, two or three chains on rotation, yeah, and you dip them all, wax them all, and then as you run one out, you, you just the dip one. the next one, yeah. but you put a, a new one on, yeah, and you kind of just like keep rotating through. That way, it doesn't feel as cumbersome. That won't destroy your draft train either if you're like rotating those chains fairly often and keeping them like waxed. It, it'll your draft train ain't gonna wear into one chain because that's what happens to a lot of people. They'll run the chain out till it's mm -hmm. basically dead, and then at that point, you know, you can a lot of times put a new chain on. But if the draft train's worn in, if your teeth look like shark teeth, they're shark yeah, teeth. Yeah, no, my, my teeth don't look like that, but I've got over three thousand miles yeah. on my current. Do you, what, what's your favorite chain lube, nerd, nerd bike talk? Uh, <laughs> Here we go. I just want to know. I like I like asking these questions. I, I'm a WD-40 guy. Okay. I just like they have a whole range of products. Like they have a wet and a dry lube, and then they have also got silicone spray. In in addition to their standard WD-40 spray. Yeah, I haven't spray. used it yet. I, have, uh, I, I didn't know there was anything but just it's regular specific, WD. So yeah, it is specific bike branded WD-40 product. It's not. Just d please don't go to Lowe's and buy WD-40 and put it on your chain. Like, right, because that's, kind of that's kind of a crap. That's it, yeah. yeah. As a mechanic, please don't do that because <laughs> right. I'm going to replace your whole draft train. But the, the actual branded bike-specific stuff is – is supposed to be good. I, ha I don't have any experience with it. I've had a couple people, including yourself now, say that they uh, like it. So um, buy it from a bike shop <laughs> or from their website. Uh, do you sell it? We, I actually don't have it here. Do they have it at Home Depot? No, I said don't. Oh, yeah, don't, don't buy, buy that. Well, yeah, because that's just, that's just to stop the squeak in asking, your door. Yeah, right? I've seen people put it on like rotors and stuff like yeah. It's like the classic bike shop thing. I don't have WD-40 here. Um, I'm a Dumontech man. I like Dumontech okay. personally. But, okay. um, but yeah, I have heard good things. Um, well, Carrie, uh, Carrie's doing 320 watts for... Uh, you know, half an hour. Yeah, and but he's that, using WD. That I mean, that I that, do, that should tell you what you need to know. Right? <laughs> I'd, I'd do that if I was using Pam cooking oil. <laughs> really? <laughs> That's awesome. All right, look, I got right. one more question for you, right. and it, you can cut this if you need to. Okay. Uh, but my my question is, um, all right, it's a fight to the death between you and your greatest nemesis, whoever that is. You can right. imagine whoever you want. Curtis White. All right, Curtis, and you have a choice. Of a pedal wrench or a pick, what are you going with? Oh man! Fight to the death. A, a bike pick. A bike pick. Yeah, like so. Um, 
the park tool pick. It has a handle. It has a very sharp end. It's about four inches long. Jeez, that's like but a no, no blade. Yeah, exactly. No, it's not no a blade. blade. It's, it's just round. Pointed. So you have a pick or a pedal wrench. Wow. Fight to wow. the death. Are you going to hold this against me when I answer it? Uh, yeah, we're going to go get him. If Curtis turns up. <laughs> Right. <laughs> With a bunch He's of little holes be- in him. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me. Okay. Um, man, I don't know if I could, like... I don't think I could take, like, the brute force that a pedal wrench would require. Okay. You know, like, I feel like I'm too nice of a guy. I've Okay, so I But I've you had, could put a pick in somebody's wrist. Well, that just seems really yeah. clean. Yeah. You know? Yeah, right. I've, yeah. I've had to play God before out in nature <laughs> where, like, a squirrel got hit by a car but oh, and you gotta, didn't completely get uh, killed. You gotta, yeah, you got to end yeah. it. And, like, picking up a big rock and just dropping it on that squirrel, was, it just, like, I can still... <laughs> that was years ago, and I can still, still feel that. Yeah, yeah. So maybe a pick would just be, like, more clean cool. and, and, yeah. and... Quick. Yeah, quicker. I'll, I'll, I'll wait to give my answer at a later date, but I need to get some data on this because this is a... This is a constant debate we have in the shop with the guys in the shop. Really, really? this is we what you talk, talk about, about it at least once a day. We you don't. You don't see, I would think you'd be talking about air pressure all day. No, it's no, <laughs> no, it's no. pick versus it's, it's pedal pick wrench. pick versus pedal wrench. So uh, you know, I, I'd love to keep this segment going and get more data on pick or pedal wrench. Yeah. That's uh, but this seems yeah. like a this seems like something y'all should take up with human resources here at Cardinal. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I, you know, I'm gonna put it into the boss man and see what he says. <laughs> all these things that I want to know. Like, and that's what you guys are talking about. It's important day that we but need to get bikes, out. <laughs> bikes are boring when you hang out with them all. Uh, yeah, right. We need to spice up uh, the shop life sometimes. You can so. only talk about grams and PSI <laughs> for, for so long. Before it becomes to pick versus pedal wrench. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Tune in next week and we're going to find out uh, who our next guest would they pick. Uh, pick or pedal wrench. Pick or pedal wrench. That's Actually, right. Okay. I'll tell you mine at a later date. Perfect. You know, we've got, we've got Kerry. Kerry, thank you for joining us here today. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Before you go, and thanks so much to Carrie Warner for joining Dan and I here today on the Rider Up podcast. Uh, amazing to hear what it's like to be a pro cyclist and to hear about the amazing things that Carrie has done compared to the rest of us mere mortals who are trying to get out for a bike ride midweek once and maybe ride on the weekend. Uh, it's really a different world. I want to thank you for listening to the Rider Up podcast presented by Visit Virginia's Blue Ridge, America's East Coast mountain biking capital. If you want to know more about what riding your bike in Virginia's Blue Ridge is like, check out bikevbr.com. All the many accolades the region has received from many of the bike orgs that you probably know, Virginia's Blue Ridge is an IMBA-designated Silver Level Ride Center. There's only two of those on the eastern side of the Mississippi, so that should tell you something about the quality of riding here. The League of American Bicyclists designates the region as a bronze-level bicycle-friendly business, which is their way of sort of rating cities, and that just means that Roanoke is laying out the welcome mat in Virginia's Blue Ridge for cyclists. As you heard Dan and I say, it's also home to Team 2024, the top women's team in the United States. This is where top athletes who are Olympic hopefuls come to train. Many members of Team 2024 have made it in the past, and there are several who have a solid shot at the Olympics coming up in 2024. So that's the reason the Team 2024 has that name. This is where they are based, and you have heard uh, Nicola uh, on the 
Writer Up podcast, and she talked a lot about that. So we'll put a link in the show notes if you want to go back and listen to that in episode two. The fact is that this region is a fantastic cycling destination for mountain bikes, road bikes, and gravel bikes. Look at the calendar this year should sort of confirm that. The 2022 Carillion Clinic Ironman 70.3 Virginia's Blue Ridge Triathlon is set for Sunday, June 6, which is coming up very quickly. 2022 USA Cycling Amateur Road National Championships will be here from June 29th through July 2nd. The Visit Virginia's Blue Ridge Grand Fondo, the VBR Grand Fondo, is coming up on Sunday, October 9th with multiple distances. That's based in beautiful Botetourt County. And then the Creature from Carvin's Cove Mountain Bike Race will be on Saturday, October 16th and 17th. That's part of the Virginia's Blue Ridge Endurance Series. So a lot of things going on. All the information about those and and more things uh, can all be found at bikevbr.com. And, of course, there are links to everything we talked about in the podcast, as well as a link to an awesome YouTube video that shows, I think, in about the highest quality that I have seen this side of Hollywood, all the many places to ride here in Virginia's Blue Ridge. And we'll have multiple links to Kerry Warner's amazing YouTube videos that he shoots. He does these races, and he's got a GoPro with him, and he he really does a great job of breaking it down. He's got great graphics. He's an excellent uh, video shooter and editor, and we'll have uh, all the information about Kerry Werner as well uh, in the show notes here at the Rider Up podcast. For Dan Lucas, I'm John Carlin. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you out there in Virginia's Blue Ridge. <laughs>